Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, well, if they do draw that game, then maybe they, um, they might have to take a leaf out of um, a, a game that happened in Portugal. You can see where I'm going with it. <laughs> leaf out of a game. What? <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> Can you make it make sense? I'm only joking. It's a joke. Lords, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Ramble. Lovely to have you back. Uh, Pete's here. Hello. Luke is here. All right. And James, or Jim, the answer to both, is here. Hello. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a lovely time of international football of late. Uh, Brazil were playing. England, I think it was. And so the, like vaguely resembled England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, political. <laughs> they had the right replica shirts so. Yeah, that's exactly it, Pete. Um, yeah. But the opening question is, what is your favourite goal scored by a Brazilian team of all time? Uh, I'm going to go with Socrates in Ooh. the 1982 World Cup so against uh, what were then the USSR. Oh, great one! Yeah, it's a scream of that, because Socrates was a very slow player, wasn't Quite he? Different. He just sort of used to amble about and just... Like, by virtue of being better than everyone else, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> the ball came to him quite far out, and he just sort of sidestepped two players really casually, almost, in my mind, he's having a fag and, like, just sort of drinking at the same time. <laughs> he just belts it, in it goes, top corner, lovely. He was like, a graceful player, Socrates, when he got going. I was saying mm. the same to Demarcus on the way here, on the train, that he, you're right, he wasn't uh, your, your traditional quick player, but when he hit top top whack, he was very graceful in a Vieira-style way, quite yeah, rangy, yeah, yeah. quite leggy. Great hair and great beard. James, I oh. bloody love you for saying that. Also, Socrates is his real name, which yeah. is very unusual for Brazilian. And, and he's, also, a... he's also got a brother named after another philosopher. Mm. That's, tr- that's a true Nietzsche. story as well. I can't remember the name. <laughs> yeah. That is a fantastic start, James, and I'm <laughs> proud of you. Luke? Um, I'm going to go for... Um, and you know me, sketchy on the details, as always, but Marcus, you'll know that pull me out <laughs> if I get it wrong. Um, 2006 World Cup, yep. R9 Ronaldo's goal to make him the World Cup's all-time leading scorer against mm. Ghana. Yeah. Ball through from Kakar. Yeah. He's, he's beat the offside trap, yeah. rapido quick, and he's sold the keeper a little lollipop to sit him down, he's gone round him and slotted it in. OK, uh, you can have that one. I'm surprised that's... That, well, I suppose it's your favourite well, I thought one. I'd do a little bit... I just, like, I thought it was but symbolic. That was, a, that was a monumental one. Oh, it was symbolic. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Ronaldo is now the, the world's... The, the biggest scorer at World Cups of all time. So, you know, it's, it's a symbolic one. Mm. I'm and not going to go for the obvious. It's an achievement that's worth having. Pete. Oh, I've got that achievement. I did that. Did you? I did that before him. He oh, took it away, yeah. did he? Uh, no, I'm going to go for Carlos Alberto in the 1970... But, uh, of, but of course. Well, yeah. of course. But of course. You, know. you can't go through that without mentioning that one. Just Pele's sort of complete... It just doesn't look like he's got anything on, and then he notices... Then he notices it, it doesn't even look like he looks to it. No, he doesn't. I think yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. He just sort of... He just sort of... Uh, just strokes it out and... 
of uh, or just slams it in. It's lovely. I did a very similar one actually, Pete. Um, a layoff for Marcus, and then recently going against four four two. The only difference between Mar- and Marcus did score, but the only difference between <laughs> mine and Pele's was that mine was a back heel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the only difference between my friend is that I hit it in off the bar. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, five aside goal crossbar. <laughs> in, <laughs> in that same World Cup, Pele had a couple of misses that are better than most goals. Yeah, yeah he did. The one thing he's Uruguay was it? Yeah. When he ran, he dummied it under the keeper. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's a legendary miss. And the one from the halfway line, obviously. Yeah. As well. Oh, that was the same game, I think. Was it? I think so. What a, and what a game it was. I um, I was a big fan of the um, uh, Kakar goal against Argentina at the friendly at Emirates. Oh, yeah, where he bowled oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to go for a, for a, a Socrates one as well, actually. And it was it was in the same World Cup. So I was looking at the 1982 World Cup, and there's so many great goals in that tournament. Well, I'm, I'm actually... Edda scored one against Scotland. A chip. Was it Edda? The, Excellent. That was off the cuff as well. Yeah, always is. That's why they pay me the big bananas. Uh, We don't. Um, It was in the corner. He was like with the corner, but he chipped over the keeper. But the other one, the Socrates one, was against Italy, when he kind of played a lovely layoff. Uh, He played a ball into um, a one-two, wasn't it? Yeah, but the, the, the Brazilians back-heeled it, I think, yeah. and he just burst through that Italian yeah. defence and slotted past the helpless Dinos off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good goal. Could have picked an, any number of, 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 of fantastic well, only one. goals. Well, there, there was <laughs> a, a, an array to choose from, Joe. Just because you're wearing your Brazil T-shirt... <laughs> yeah. He is as well! Yeah, in, in special celebration. I am, yeah. Um... It, this is where you usually say honourable mentions, but I think I've already done a few. Yeah, mm. we've, we've done We'd be here all day. Yeah, we would day. be all day. I mean, it, it's... I think I would get absolutely hung, drawn, called the, the if I didn't give the points to Pete Donaldson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. Enough, yeah. Come on, it, it was, was the an, ultimate one. It was one. an easy decision. In yeah, the, I think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, let's um, move on to proceedings. England versus Brazil. Uh, John Terry said that, um, that that Brazil won't be a problem at the World Cup. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. I, I, <laughs> it definitely won't be a problem. I, <laughs> I, I beg. With with absolute all my being to differ. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be a problem for them. It won't be a problem. Yeah. When they absolutely destroy us. Yeah. You know. The, the, the problem the thing was is like oh yeah, we're the second string England team and, and, and so we yeah, we only lost one nil. They didn't even care. They, they weren't even trying. They were not but, trying. But you saw something like it was quite a it's quite a composed, decent, uh, organised first half from England. I thought mm. defensively certainly without but, really touching the ball. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, and then as soon as uh, Brazil sort of went, we should we should score a goal, shouldn't we? It's kind of, it's kind of getting time, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. And they scored a goal, and then they just started fast playing it about like yeah. they do, yeah. and we couldn't get the ball back off them. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah, well, but, uh, afterwards, you had like Ian Wright on ITV going, "Well, they need to be more direct. They need to be more sort of creative. They need to, you know." just attack more and like score it's like yeah, we, of course they do <laughs> I couldn't get the ball yeah. and, and what are you watching James they needed to score goals as well yeah, yeah well, exactly. that would have been a plus the thing, uh, it's another piece of advice I always give the one thing I would have pointed out was that like uh, Michel Bastos was playing um was playing left back for Brazil. Yeah, that's right. And he plays right wing for Lyon. <laughs> well, no, so, he does play centre back at times, I think, doesn't he? No, he plays right wing for Lyon, and he, he does. Play, he has played in the left before, but right, okay. for, for Lyon, he's definitely played right wing. So it's like, well, we haven't got a left back. Who are they playing at right midfield? Oh, <laughs> <Sean> wrong Phillips. <laughs> oh, I would just stick him in. And, and even, even and the thing was, right Phillips was still getting roasted. Oh, no. Every five minutes, right Phillips roasts awful. himself, doesn't he? Yeah. He sort of loses the ball and just wonders where it is. Nilmar was impressive. He's, it was for your real, isn't he? He's yeah, very. Very quick. I thought it was a shame for because uh, I um I thought Wes Brown is kind of 
as, as if it's a second string England eleven, then I think Wes Brown's kind of earned that because I think he's played well of late. He didn't yeah. play that well against Brazil, I don't think. No, no, no. no but the, I just thought it was a shame for him. It was a bit of a. It was a bit of a. It was a bit of a comeback, uh, come down for him on his comeback because I just he, think he against Nilmore. He, he looked tired by yeah. the time it, it was got hot. To like sixty minutes when he made that mistake for the penalty. Mm. Was it sixty minutes? Fo- no, Foster no. was lucky to stay on the pitch. Oh, well, incredibly. I was good. It was a friendly. If it, if it wasn't a friendly, he'd be yeah, off, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, but that was. I mean, that was completely not his fault, though. I mean, the it was like it was like you know in Ukraine. Absolutely. When Rob Green was yeah. sent off. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it was a competitive game, he would have gone. So if that's in the World Cup, we'd have no keeper. Yeah. But um, th- the thing is, it, I think it's worth pointing out that in that heat, which is obviously going to be oppressive... It is a fact. And when you spend so much time chasing down shadows oh, yeah, and trying yeah, to get the ball, yeah, yeah. you get tired. I mean, an hour is, is enough, you know. Uh, the, the most worrying thing for me is that out of that back four... Maybe, okay, back five, including the keeper. I mean, I'd be reasonably happy with Ben Foster if he can keep his confidence. But apart from that, Matthew Upson's the only person I'd have anywhere near I it. think Upson did very, very well. And I think one thing well, I think, think was really encouraging about Upson is if we do get an injury, I can see him being a player that will really step up when it sort of backs to the wall. I, I, I agree makes with him real last-ditch tackles. Yeah. He was very, very good. I think he was he, He's growing all the time. Really I thought, thought Lescott Les played a few long balls, didn't he? Lescott, oh, I don't think Lescott should I, be anywhere <laughs> near the team. Lescott and Wayne Bridge are doing the same thing. Rio Ferdinand's quite guilty of this. He's like, like in tournaments. It's just like defenders sort of like carrying the ball out of the defence and then just like just lunking a long ball to no one. Yes. Just, it's, why do England do but this? But you saw some of the Brazilian players, you know, in particular the fullbacks, and when they when they had the ball and they were really under pressure, even then they won't lump it. No, yeah. absolutely. It's just a kind of a. Well, of course, I can't but, do but that. The difference, the difference, they'd pass it. They'd even pass about their goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper would have enough confidence to play. To, to that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. yeah. What, but way like Ruan stuff. Um, think he would just be kicking it. But that's as he could. But it's true. You know, when you're when you're young kids, you know the defenders. You don't do ball work with them. No. No. Why do they need to be able to yeah. play well, on the ball? But even as you say, the keeper. You look at the midfield as well. I mean, Kikari is a magnificent footballer. He's a fantastic yeah, yeah. talent. We all know that. And, and Jermaine Jenis, and he's not going to get in the England team. He probably won't be in the squad for the World Cup. I'd rather Bullard. The, the, the fact that, well, there you go. The fact that those people are dropping like flies means he's got to go. Mm. But my, my main gripe with Jenis, and I know people are getting his back and stuff, and he has got, clearly got an attitude problem because he's got. I was chatting to a friend of mine who's a Spurs fan today, and he, and he said, you know, he's got twice the ability that Palacios has got. But Palacios is twice the player. Yeah, so yeah. Wh- why is that? And it's obviously an attitude problem. But my main gripe with him against Brazil was that, OK, we know Kakar's a good player. Yeah. So we're not seriously going to expect you to outplay <laughs> Kakar. But at least make it tough for him. Yeah. At, least, <laughs> at least run. No, oh, it's a serious no, point. No, no, at least get on his touch and make it difficult for him to well, play. Genius very much seemed to sort of look as if, like, oh, no, 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 Gareth does that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's like, I felt sorry for Gareth Barry in that game. Oh, he's an honest, hard-working yeah, midfield I, I player. Yeah, really I really did. I mean, Barry's, Barry's on the plane. Like, 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 there's no yeah. doubt about that. And I, I didn't think Barry had a particularly fantastic game against Brazil. He but he's never going game, to. Though, didn't he? He's never going to have a great no. game against, as I, you say. I kind of felt sorry for Bent, to be honest. I did. Really I did. Savage. But, but yeah. it, 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 I mean, how much can you learn from a match against Brazil? It's well, more about getting the team together yeah. and stuff and getting them training. <laughs> but... I mean, maybe a, maybe a positive is James Milner. I mean, he is yeah. playing against Mykon, probably the yeah. best right back. Or yeah. maybe I mean, Danny Alves might not agree with me. Yeah, Mykon is a superb player. He's an yeah. absolute beast. I thought well, I thought that, Milner did well. A lot of the Brazilian players are actually very sort of physically imposing, which is something yes. you forget because they're they're also skillful. But one thing I will say: Julio Baptista <laughs> is <laughs> is not Brazilian. I'm not having <laughs> it. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> he's, he has bought a passport like, off someone to just. He's, he's there was one people. point. There was one point where the Brazil were on the break, and it came to Baptista, and he's completely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but that was that was that was two nil then. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like any other player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it would have been. It would have been definitely. 
I just, I just sort of think I don't know, understand why they didn't bring. Was Cole? Cole was fit, wasn't he? He was all right, wasn't he? Joe Cole. Joe Cole was. Yeah, he could have played. Yeah, but he's not a lot of games. Milner, Milner on the right. That would have been a more accurate representation of what they might play. It's a shame Ashley Young didn't get run out. I thought because he's really he's untested. The right fit has just got. Listen, I know it's bordering on coming becoming a fucking crusade, but he's got to be binned off. Capello did say, which hasn't really been picked up on by a lot of the newspapers. Capello did say, I've learnt a lot about certain fringe players and. And I think what he meant by that was the game. The game passes players like Jenis and like Phillips and Huddleston when he came on, but he's still young, so we give yeah, him quick. Yeah, quick yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult for Huddleston coming into. Yeah, that. of course, especially it's, 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 Phillips had a lot of the ball, and that's what that's yeah. what I don't understand yeah. why he couldn't do anything with it. Well, the game passes them by a lot of these players, and I, I think it's a shame. But I mean, the reality of the situation is, if England we need get, D-back. Yeah, we, we do. We need, we, well, that's, that's a valid point, because we need someone yeah. to slow the game down and hold on to the point. Exactly. At the, at the other extreme, though, you've got Lennon and Theo Walcott, if you can stay fit, surely ahead of Sean Wright Phillips. And Sean Wright Phillips is in there to do what those two players do far more effectively. Yeah. I don't understand why they brought on Crouch. Why did that? Because uh, Plan was, B! Cap- yeah. <laughs> Capello, but, but Capello's known to be a great, uh, on the day, the best manager, rather yeah. than, uh, he, he's not amazing at the build-up, but he, he, on the day, he knows how to make a substitution, but bring a Crouch on. Just give him better rest. Yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. Crouch, though, Pete, is he does have a very good touch for, <laughs> for quite a big, big man. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, I think that, that right midfield burn, if you take Beckham aside, there's a different sort of kettle of fish. You've got Wright Phillips, Walcott and um, Lennon, and they've each got sort of weaknesses to their game, um, but I would I would say that Lennon is for me yeah. the best option. But at the Pete moment. says you can stick Milner there, you can stick Joe yeah. Cole there. But I think yeah. Milner is yeah. very much a utility player. He can play either side, so just stick, I'd bring him anywhere simply because yeah. I'll play him in like. goal. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody was fit, I'd have Joe Cole on the left. Yeah. 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 Well, look, let's move on to the games that actually mattered. Ireland were quite unlucky against France. Yeah, I felt yeah. for them. Yeah. I, I, I saw that game and I thought that um, first half they were okay. I thought they looked they reasonably they comfortable. But second half, I think France just stepped it up. It just must be a sickness to lose a, a really important game like that by a deflected goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yes, and exactly. That yeah. superb piece of defending by Everett to stop that open goal was unbelievable. Oh, it'd be incredible, wouldn't yeah. it? I, I, I just think it's going to be a bridge too far for them now. It's a shame. I'd like to see them there because they'll take a lot of fans yeah, but, yeah. to the World Cup. But um, I think the only chance I've got, and it is a real slight chance, in, in my opinion, and obviously I've been wrong a billion times before, is that um, they've, got, they've got a sort of outside chance of a real backs to the wall, early goal, 1 0, yeah. defend for your live style performance, and then win on penalties or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, France might well, dominate shit up. They might <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some goalkeeper might go mad, get sent off. You never. Let's pray for something yeah. like that because I'd love to see Ireland there. <laughs> Russia beat Slovenia 2 1. I think that's just not a bad result for Slovenia. Because uh, that, that was in Russia. They would have taken that, I think. Yeah, and uh, uh, Portugal beat Bosnia 1 0. And Ukraine and Greece drew nil-nil. So who do you think? What a game! <laughs> Imagine that game. <laughs> One of them is going to go through. Yeah. They are. Who, do you, who do you fancy out of those? Who, who I think Portugal. I, it's a shame because I'd like to see Bosnia go there because they're so exciting going forward. Mm. I think Portugal will probably do enough. I, I think that because um, the game, um, the nil-nil Ukraine Greece was in the Ukraine, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So you got to, fa- I mean, you got to fancy Ukraine then, really, because they, they've not conceded an away goal. It's difficult to say. I don't know an awful lot about Greece at the moment. Yeah. Um, mm. I know they used to be really boring, but they're probably not now. And I'm making myself look like a twat. You fan- well, you fancy on, p- on sort of current results? I don't think there's one high-profile casualty. No, there isn't anywhere in the world. Kind of James, it's only half time. It's only half time <laughs> in those games. Uh, well, the, the suspect ones people saying are Portugal. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I'd take that, wouldn't they? That's an all right game. That's not, they've not conceded in the way, guys. Yeah, no, I, think, I, I think so. But that, that's, I think, the one that people, you know, without Cristiano Ronaldo, people are saying, oh, Bosnia, you know, good forward, good going forward, you know, intimidating home atmosphere. Oh, you'd, it, yeah. you'd fancy Bosnia to, to go, to, to score at home, but yeah. at the same time, you'd probably fancy them to leave the back gate open. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Portugal will probably go through. That's my rationale. That's my reason behind it. Well, maybe Portugal will, uh, if, if that game draws, they might have to win it through the medium of youngest team. What are you talking about, mate? Well, in uh, in in, there's a Portu- in Portugal, there's a league uh, Liga Vitalis, and uh, one of the teams there called Portimonense. They're through to the next round of the Carlsberg Cup, which oh, yeah. of course is the big one. this is this is coming from the best league cup in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, coming from Portugal, in Group A, all uh, three teams finished level on points and no goals scored. And the competition regulations dictate that the winners would be decided by the youngest average age of the players' youth. That's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> right? So this side, uh, Porto Monense, the, the coach, uh, Litos, he knew this was uh, this was a fact. So in the 91st minute, he replaced the veteran goalkeeper, Pedro Silva, who's 35 years old, with a 19-year-old backup keeper. That's brilliant. Which <laughs> made all the difference. It was a, stroke. It literally a match-winning substitute. Imagine if Sam Allardyce had done that. How pleased he'd be of himself. Oh, my oh, goodness. God. Well, it reduced their... Their, their average age to 24.5 years, and compared to the other two teams that, whose average age was 24.6 and <laughs> 25.4, they went through to the next round. Jesus. Outrageous. I read about this as well, right? And um, something really, really odd. Like, I think this had already made the news, right? Because it had been like a floodlight failure or something like that. So this game was actually like a replay of a bit of the game. This this was only ever meant to go on for 39 minutes. <laughs> and it ended like this. Along. It's insane, isn't it? Surely you go on sort of most shots on target rather than age. Well, look what they're doing in Egypt <laughs> and Algeria. They're doing a replay, aren't they? So... Well, that's, well, that's, that's, a, play, no, that's a playoff. That's, oh, that yeah. is slightly different. But yes, that, that does move us on to the match of hate, as it's called. E- Egypt and Algeria were going into the match. Algeria, if they if they lost one nil, that was good enough for them to go through to the World Cup. Egypt needed to win by um, two goals, and they did. They scored a, a 95th minute header. Um, we had a couple of emails about the, this game. Amir Zaki scored. Um, Who's he playing first. for now? I don't know. He's gone AWOL. Is he not playing in Egypt? Oh, he might be, yes. Well, oh, I don't know. But um, one of the Algerian players, Kakhled Lemuchia, he said that uh, FIFA should have postponed the match ag- against Egypt after three Algerian players were hurt on Thursday when their bus yeah. was stoned as they travelled to their hotel in Cairo. They, I mean, when they talk about the match of hate, there is real hatred here. There's yeah. a lot of previous as well. Yeah, cause, yeah they've got form. I was going to say, that's this fixture particularly has got form, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, he said that if that happened in Algeria to, to Egyptians, you know, they would have um, they would have asked for a walkover and they would have got it. Well, because Egypt are the darlings of Africa, so the African nations champions and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. That's I mean, that's just what he's kind of implying it's here. Not, it's not very nice to see, really. No, absolutely not. They got, uh, well, got and the Egyptian embassies but had a bit of trouble in Algeria since then. There was trouble in France as well for the Algerian population in France. Oh, was I think so, yeah. Mm. And so they've got to play a, a playoff because they're equal on points, goal difference, goal scored, and head to head. The lot. So that they've got to play, do a playoff. And I think they're playing in Sudan. Yeah, they are in Khartoum, yeah. They've got, they've got to make the trip. Yeah, this fixture in 1989, when they were going for qualification for Italia 90, all absolutely kicked off. Yeah, Egypt got, went through, didn't they? They did go through, but it was unbelievable scenes. You know, I, one of the Algerian guys bottled the Egyptian doctor. Oh, oh did he get right? blinded or he something? He did, yeah. And there was, there was uh, 
they were bombarding the referee after the, the, the full time. They, some of the Algerian players were throwing whatever they could find. There were plants and all sorts of things in the crowd. Don't put a plant in the stadium. No, no. it won't grow. Not enough sunlight. It's only going to become a missile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that is worth keeping your eye on to see well, what happens see, well, in didn't, Sudan. Didn't like the Egyptian uh, affair say that it was um, that the Algerians had faked it. Like the, the, yeah, they, they did got, when, when they got their bus. Um, like the, yeah, the they said they staged it. Yeah, yeah. Staged oh, it. Did they? It's all going off. And they're all yeah. bleeding walking into the hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that rugby coach who yeah. made, yeah. <laughs> takes so much weight off. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. But after the one in the late 80s, the, the, two years later, the African Cup of Nations was in Algeria, and this obviously really, really irked the Algerians. Egypt refused to send a team there to the African Cup of Nations. Oh, and they sent right. a youth team, didn't they? They did, well, because FIFA eventually said, well, you're going to be kicked out of the whole thing, and they went, all right, and they just sent a youth team yeah. over there. <laughs> How disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. I love FIFA just not really taking an interest. Well, we'll just kick you out. As long as we can force you into a position <laughs> yeah. where we don't actually have to do anything, yeah. then, uh, yeah. Jack Warner's on the phone, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, do you want to buy some tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Entertain me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Perform for me. <laughs> he needs some sweet chin music, that man. <laughs> yeah, he does sweet chin music, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cameroon are through. They are. They are, indeed. They beat Morocco 2-0. They went through ahead of Gabon, didn't they? They did go through. Daniel um, Cousin's Gabon. Of course. Is Daniel Cousin plays called? for Gabon. So, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. yeah he's, the, he's the most high-profile player. <laughs> well, absolutely. Can you name me another Gabonian? I, c- I can't, but I'm right. sure plenty of listeners can, and we'll get loads of emails absolutely. now. Going, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what about so-and-so? Um, plays for Pompey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nigeria have gone through. I was um, concerned for the Nigerians because uh, Tunisia went to Mozambique and a, 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 a point, I forget the goal difference, but Tunisia's hands were in their... Yeah, Yacouba scored, didn't he? was in their own hands. Uh, Martin's got the winner. He got the winner. And they, in the 83rd minute against, they beat Kenya 3-2 and, and Tunisia lost 1-0 in Mozambique. Because I think they said Tunisia were very, very cautious. Had they have gone for that? I mean, Super Eagles are going to be my African team in the World Cup next year, I think. Well, you know I'm an honorary Ghana. Yeah, I'm you're a black star. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to support the indomitable Lions, right, just so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I like the elephants as well, though. But yeah, you support in Newcastle. I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the Reunion Isles. I am, of course. we mentioned them last week. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be in there. Oh, they might come on do. now. So, yeah, Start a campaign, bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ivory Coast and Ghana are already there, so four West African sides go through, and then there'll be one North African side in the form of Egypt or Algeria. In Latin America, Uruguay beat Costa Rica 1-0 in Costa Rica. I say the first leg, though, right? They look pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty, no, I'm pleased for Uruguay, actually, because, you know, players like Forlan and, yeah. and the boy who plays for Ajax. Suarez. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it'd be good to see them up front, actually, for, in the World Cup, because they were a bit anonymous against yeah. Argentina. And they've, I mean, they've won it, haven't they? They're a... Big, big part of World Cup history. Yeah. The first one was yeah. there, wasn't it? And it's just, yeah. just you know, it'd be, be good to see them sort of re-establish themselves. Another team, big part of World Cup history, have qualified New Zealand. Um, <laughs> beat Bahrain one. Never <laughs> forget that side of 1982. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. I'll I, I tell you something. And you live and die by that, so. Yeah. I, I, well, always, yeah. New Zealand have qualified. Don't you have a link with one of their potential players? Thanks for asking, Marcus. Yes, well, I do. Go on, then. <laughs> <laughs> when I played football out in New Zealand, uh, in, the, in the, uh, the glorious Indian summer of 2003. In the Bongalonga. When I was in my pop. <laughs> silly name. Uh, yeah, it was a silly yeah. name. Um, I played with a guy who, who went on to become right right back for New Zealand I think he's got six or seven caps uh, James Pritchett his name is but he's not been in the squad for about a year now I sent him a little message today saying um, oh hello Leroy Lita and <laughs> see if he's going to be in the squad so if he, go, if, he, if he does indeed go we'll get him on that's your best yeah, impression of Andy Burton it's so quite a good value yeah well you know I've become the man I hate <laughs> 
There's some other international friendlies, along with England, Brazil, were Wales 3, Scotland 0. Burley's gone. Yeah. yeah. He's gone. Aaron Ramsey's done for him. Yeah, but Burley's record for Scotland is absolutely <laughs> abysmal. <laughs> they, I, think, I, think, I think he was in charge for 14 games, <laughs> and they lost eight of them. Mm. I mean, come on. Come on now. Yeah, they were a good team <laughs> when he took over. Let's be fair. Oh, yeah, they Walter Smith is the best yeah. player. Right? that they'd been for a long time, haven't they? Mm. He's just taken them back into the doldrums, so he's gone now. He'll probably turn up at Pompey. Who said that he would, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't take the job today? Strachan? That seems oh, logical. Yeah. No, Graham Souness. Graham Souness. Souness. Yeah. Didn't Souness say, I'm not taking the job, they haven't got any good players? <laughs> he practically yeah, said that. Said. Yeah, practically said that. Yeah. Darren, Darren Fletcher and I would disagree with yeah. him. Yeah. Mm. Darren um, Fletcher and who else exactly would disagree? Like, not I, you're not a Scottish player. I think James McFadden's a good player. I still disagree with the man mm. what he says. Um, I, I, to be fair, I'm, I'm being a bit unfair to Graham Sinus. He, he did sort of... Sort of so you were going to say Scotland then? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not being unfair to them. Sinus did sort of implied that, and that's why he said he wouldn't take the job pretty much. I'm glad. I think Sinus is quite a good pundit. But, I'd but rather see him on the TV. Their national games in disarray, their domestic yeah. games in disarray. Yeah. Oh, Jim Lovetoy kicked off a serious debate in the week. About, did you see that? About the... Um, Celtic and Rangers coming to the Premier League. <laughs> Scary yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Wales played well, though. I mean, it's exciting times for them. Aaron Ramsey would think so. I think they've got some good players. Aaron Ramsey's a superb young well, player, isn't he? There's a little story. One of their former players, Robbie Savage. Oh, yeah. Derby County were flying out to Amsterdam for a friendly against Den Haag uh, the other day. And uh, he was left a little embarrassed because um, they turned up at the airport at 4am. <laughs> well, just for being him. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, he turned up at the airport at 4am. That's obviously when they were... Flying out. Flying out. And uh, he didn't have his passport. He had his wife's passport. <laughs> I imagine they look pretty similar, anyway. Well, he, well, he said, he said, I offered to shave my beard and put some makeup on and then... Uh, that's not going to turn him into his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, have you seen her? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I think it scuppered her plans of leaving the country while he was out the country. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Yeah. Maybe he's just really possessive. Yeah. <laughs> Having someone watch her. I don't know. Um, Italy drew nil-nil with Holland. A bad in- injury to Van Persie. Oh, such yeah, a shame for him. Six weeks out. Yeah, it's, but that's good because originally it looked like it was only three, three months. months yeah, it? yeah, yeah. No, it's such a shame because he's been in such good form. I think the highlight of the game was um, it was just a few minutes in. Uh, one of the uh, Italian fans ran onto the pitch wearing a Superman shirt that read Cassano in the uh, Nationale. Oh, so yeah, Cassano, Cassano for the it's national team. It's a massive team. nationwide campaign, isn't it? It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, uh, Gigi Buffon said that um, his summing up of the whole thing was. People should not run onto the field during a game, but it was an amusing gesture and did not cause problems for us. After all, I used to wear the Superman shirt too. <laughs> <laughs> I, we should start a campaign to get Diamante in there. Yeah, I had something great. recently, apparently, when West Ham were playing. Like they'd used all their subs and um, to try and g up the team. He started warming up anyway, but it's like running along the t- on, along the touchline, just sort of going, "Come on!" to all the fans and just sort of like, following the ball, essentially. Quality. That's Do you remember when Stefan Freund used to do that for Tottenham? Mm. Used to, every time there was a throw-in, he used to run over to take it, or he used to go and look at the crowd when someone was taking the throw-in, like, trying to jeer up, come on! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I think of Stefan Freund, I think of that picture of Duncan Ferguson strangling him and him just yeah. looking absolutely terrified. And other people jogging up going, don't worry, mate, he does that to everyone. <laughs> he likes you. One of the international friendlies was cancelled, of course, which was Germany versus Chile, and it was cancelled due to the death of Robert Enker, I'm sure everybody's seen which is uh, absolutely tragic. But, and also uh, also in the news recently, the, the Greek club uh, Larissa have confirmed that uh, the Mexican international Antonio de Negris has died of a suspected heart attack at the age of 31. So it's so absolutely terrible uh, stuff in the last week in football. 
In another friendly, Spain beat Argentina 2-1. It was a good game, that. Oh, Alonso's penalty. That was one of the best penalties I've ever seen. Yeah, right on the roof of the net. Messi scored a penalty as well. Mm. I tell you what, the Argentina, they had a lot of chances. Well, a few chances in that game. Well, I just don't... I mean, I think they can play without pressure now. They're, it's yeah. a friendly, they know they've qualified, you know, they've got yeah, a, lot yeah. of good, a lot of good players. You know, we said it before. I mean, had any of the players in the squad played for Argentina before, though? This <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Di Michaelis got the penalty away, didn't he? It was an outrageous handball. Mm. From um, the man who's like 36 and has got about three caps. But the, the man at the helm, or so we're told, uh, Diego Maradona, has been banned for two months from football after his um, little media outburst, if you remember. And uh, when he was saying everybody was uh, taking it up the what's it and one yeah. thing or another to all the uh, journalists. Uh, I love this, though. It could have been worse, actually, that ban, but <laughs> FIFA said they'd taken into consideration the sincere remorse shown by the Argentinian <laughs> coach. I mean, that's remorse. That I don't think... believe that. Yeah, yeah, backhander. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's the punishment at all, is it? Well, I mean, it's not as if they've got any competitive games in the next two months, so well, what difference yeah. does it make? I mean, Marad to be fair, Maradona did put up a good defence. He said that uh, much worse things have happened in football. Yeah, so, mostly done um, by you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this, though. He said, since I took the post with the national team, I knew that this could happen, and it did. As if it was inevitable, yeah. he was yeah. going to have a because terrible... I am a mouthy guest. <laughs> yeah, <point. laughs> I bet he probably said, it's not even the worst thing I've done. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even in the top three. You don't even want to know what the worst <laughs> thing I've done is. You should have been here in the 90s. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing I've done this week. <laughs> <laughs> that involved a cucumber. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Um, uh, he said, I'm taking refuge in my team, my family, my daughters. I'd imagine they'd probably come under family. Yeah. And in the people from the street. Yeah. It makes uh, it sound right, like... Make your own minds up there. <laughs> it makes it sound like he's taking loads of people down to a bunker. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we okay? Now yeah. let's just get ruined. I've got nothing to do for two months. Where's my air gun? <laughs> he said, I'm concentrating on that. On the people without microphones, not on what the media says. Is he, is he, is he going to take that time um, off he's got to go and pay his tax bill in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Has he won the Euro lottery recently? <laughs> Exactly. Probably not. Eddie Howe, Bournemouth manager. Ex-Pompey as well. Oh. He signed for Pompey a number of <laughs> years ago. Um, really highly rated, and he got a terrible knee injury on his debut, and he eventually had to retire. Mm. So, um, so, bloody knees. But, but he's, he's the youngest right. man. Yeah, isn't he? He's the youngest manager in the football league, I believe, and Bournemouth are top. Ooh. And he kept him up after a points deduction last season, so he's very highly rated. Well, maybe that's why he's turned down the Peterborough United job. Mm. I think he sees a Bournemouth as a long-term thing. I think well, that's I'm good. Fair play to him, yeah. That's good. Uh, Darren Ferguson, of course, left Peterborough United by mutual consent. Pete, you were loving the Barry Fry press conference, weren't you? Yeah, he sort of, like, he, he unhooked <laughs> his tongue and just went, oh, well, I think he's got another job, personally. And the, <laughs> <laughs> and the chairman was going, uh, no, don't say that, Barry. He was effectively yeah. sort of going, don't say that, Barry. Did, did the chairman go, direct all your questions <laughs> to me? then <laughs> 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 They just—they sort of smelled a rat, and they were going. Uh, so Barry, what do you think about? It? Oh well, I think he's uh, yeah, he's definitely—he's uh, been tapped up. We all get tapped up, don't we? <laughs> and the chairman's got his head in his hands. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that is super. Do you think he's? Um, you think he's going to hold, don't you? I wouldn't be surprised. No, no, neither would he. He's rated Ferguson, isn't he? Absolutely. He's James. Give him the Scotland job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could do worse. Yeah. Emails of the week. I was a bit quick off the mark then, sorry. Well, you've cool. done it. That's now. very yeah. rare for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm normally, yeah. I'm normally miles away. 
Right, not, not we've, literally. we've got some emails, uh, and, uh, James, you can go first. Cool. Hi, lads, that's us. Um, <laughs> I was listening to a ramble from months ago last night, and you were joking about old players and the dubious age of certain African players. We were. Well, when I was living in Dublin a couple of years ago, I got chatting to the Nigerian taxi driver, as you do. He told me that he was a year behind Kanu when he was in school in Nigeria. He showed me his driver's licence, which said he was 40, putting our man at 41. Cheers, Alex Grant. Right, now... I don't know if you should be trusting the drivers, the cab drivers in, in Dublin, but this is interesting. We've spoken about this before. Carnu yeah. is claiming on his Wikipedia, I'm sure he doesn't edit it himself, <laughs> but in all sources it says Carnu 31. <laughs> Bullocks. No, no way is Carnu 31. He's been 31 for years, if that's the case. <laughs> I've said that to before. I've, said, I've, I've did, always yeah. mentioned that. There's no chance. The man can't even run. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he won the double with Arsenal in 1998, which would, make him, which would have made him 20 at the time, and he'd already played for Inter and Ajax. Yeah. How no is he way. getting away no with way. this? How is he getting away with Who this? Knows? I'm just flatly lying. I know, I know for a fact that a certain member... Allegedly. Of, yeah, a, I won't name names, but a certain member of the staff at Portsmouth, <laughs> uh, when questioned <laughs> by a journalist on how old he thought Carney was, just completely broke down in tears laughing, <laughs> saying there's, you know, the muscles on his legs, there's absolutely zero chance of him being 31. Well, it says a lot of things, because I said to you boys, oh, Carney's only 30 or something, and you were like, no! Why? Yeah. <laughs> He's at least 36. We have to check it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pl- I'm pleased that backs me up, and I, for one, believe taxi drivers from Nigeria over anyone else. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, shall I go now? Go on, Lukey. Oh, all right, chaps. Oh, hey. I just thought I'd uh, email you to tell you that I totally agree with you about Sean Wright Phillips. Good. Thank you very um, much. But anyway, thanks for your great podcast. I'm a baker Ooh. and work through the night, starting at midnight, and you keep me company. To this end, I'm thinking of inventing a ramble roll oh! to sell as a special in my shop and was wondering what fillings you guys would have in it. That's from Steve Hobbs. A ramble roll! Well, imagine that! Cool. Spaghetti and baked beans. Oh. An odd one. I think, we're, I think we're more classy than that. I'd okay. say probably lobster stuffed with pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Stay true to our roots. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be expensive to put together? I mean, how much would that with a lobster stuffed with pheasant roll sell for? <laughs> Not a problem, really, is it? Yeah. In the words of Prince, I'd go for cream, get on top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like a, 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 like a roll, like the, like a, I don't know, like a, a sweet roll. A Swiss like a, roll? A Swiss oh. roll. Oh, yeah, I see what you've done. So there. if you want to just put all of those together, then uh, <laughs> there you go. Perhaps put the cream on the pheasant's beak. <laughs> you don't want to put the beak in. <laughs> just, just, no, just poking out When you eat chicken, the... do you eat its head? No, 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 no. Just <laughs> poking out the celebrity. Shall we do football run? will come down with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pheasant head. <laughs> Marcus, you're not in France. Very <laughs> <laughs> anything. I thought I was. This email's from Stefan in Iceland. Uh, Dear Ramblers, I was recently catching up on a few old shows, and one in particular inspired me to write you this email. The inauguration of Barry Davies to the Dean Windass Hall of Fame, to be exact. Here in Iceland, we have been football crazed ever since you lovely Brits sent us a week old match on a black and white VHS many, many winters ago. <laughs> Our own Barry Davies, or Bjarni Fell, Ooh. aka the Red Lion, used to commentate on the first matches, which cool. were, as I said earlier, a week old, thus often proving a superior insight to the game by starting. <laughs> is commentating on a line like this. Keep an eye on player number nine for Liverpool. I've got a sneaky feeling he will do well today. <laughs> <laughs> he was watching videos from a week ago. I love it. Who is this Nostradamus <laughs> in football? And the red lion was never wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, here are some quotes from Icelandic commentators through the years. There is much competition for competition on the side. <laughs> We will take a short break and return with the second half from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
He is by far the second leading scorer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, mate. The match will be televised live on the televisions. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams have now played for 21 minutes. Well, that's, that's John Motson's song. Yeah. <laughs> what the flip? The card Oliver Kahn was shown in the last match has now been moved to Jens Jeremy's so that Oliver Newville no longer has one. <laughs> what <laughs> it's a different <laughs> It would probably suit the Germans better to score. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> No, no, if you want to score from that far away, you have to come closer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it, is that from a they're coach? Are they are excellent. Coach. They're excellent. <laughs> Stefan, thank you very much for that. Brilliant. He says, uh, take care and thank you for a great show. Yeah. Scandinavia is a source of all things great. No, no. <laughs> are you, boy, you're putting Iceland in Scandinavia. Well, yeah, why not? We've done it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I might just say that Iceland are probably the most overachieving team when it comes to international football, obviously, because they don't play in a domestic league. Yeah. A, a nation of only over, just over 300,000 people. Yeah. Who, do, who do they yeah. play? They just play the Oceana, sort of. Oceana? Do you think Oceana means teams from the sea? I thought... <laughs> went, I thought <laughs> we should be in it! I thought, uh, I thought they played in that... No, they, they play in the European pot. They've, 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 they've had draws against, like, France and Germany, not... Yeah. 300,000, that's nothing. That's, it's just around 9 million people in London alone, which yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Luton or somewhere, yeah. isn't it, you know? Marcus, who's the um, Championship Manager goodie bag going to, mate? Oh, it's got to be the, the pioneer of the ramble roll. Oh, Steve Hobbs! Steve Hobbs. Hello, I'm Dean Windass, and this is my Hall of Fame. Hey! How you doing, Dean? It's Marcus from the Football Ramble here. How are you? OK? Oh, marvellous. Good to have you on the phone. Um, how are you enjoying uh, post-retirement from the game, or are you itching to get back into football somehow? Um, I miss... Well, I'm not enjoying... <clears throat> uh, I haven't missed football at the moment. Um, I thought I would have done it, but I haven't, obviously, working with... Uh, doing a bit of commentary and working with Sky is keeping me... Uh, Keeping me busy, but um, yeah, obviously want to want to get into into management sometime. But you know, in no rush, uh, trying to get the right job, and and when the right job comes along for me, and then uh, I'll pursue it that way. Really. <laughs> well, we saw we saw a clip of you on Sky Sports News, um, mm. and you were doing the hoovering. Is that what's been keeping you busy of late? <laughs> yeah, we just had a bit of a laugh and joke about it. the uh, cameras <laughs> come down. Yeah. I sort of said that um, do you want me to steal the Ulverin because I've got no else to do but <laughs> since then since then I've been you know obviously Sky and um, you know a few football shows have been you know wanting me to go on and I've been busy the last sort of couple of two or three weeks so it's been good Marvellous in your football career what would you say was the biggest achievement um, I, th- I think that I think that every every young footballer especially you know myself being as a young kid, you know, working in a the factory, then on a building site, and then getting released as an 18-year-old at Hull, um, you know, the biggest achievement for me was to not actually signing professional football. I think that every footballer wants to do it. Everybody, you know, give the right answer to be footballers, and you know, fortunate for me, I got I got the you know second bite of the cherry, and you know, I took it with both hands, and you know, to say that I've been in it 20 years, you know, it was. Uh, it's quite amazing, really. Absolutely. What about the volley in the playoff final? Would that rank up there with uh, one well, of the best? I, I think. I, th- I think that you know, obviously, we you know, you talk about goals, and I was very fortunate to play. I think it was nearly nearly eight hundred eight hundred games, and you know, to score a goal like that in in that environment and being a whole lad and to take your team, you know, you supported as a as a five year old, you know, going on the terraces with my dad at Bulfrey Park. <laughs> 
um, you know, it was it was right there all the stuff really. You couldn't, you know, people say you can write the the script. I always said it, it was either going to be me or Nicky Barn because Nicky's a, a whole lad as well. But <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Nicky, Nicky, Nicky didn't have that in his locker, really, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, it's Luke here from the Football Ground. Nice to talk to you, mate. Right. Um, okay. what's, I mean, it is Royal Rover stuff, like you say, because you're a whole City fan, aren't you? Um, yeah. What was going through your head when you hit that volley? Can you remember, or was it just all a bit of a blur? <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the deal was a bit of a blur. No, no. You know, the only time that it really sinks in is when you you sort of sat in the players' arms having a having a pint afterwards. We hit we with all the players and the family, and and then sort of watching the goal again. And uh, I can you know you do remember you know the goal itself, and I can remember being on the right side of Barnes when I nodded. I can remember nodding the ball down to to Nicky Barnby, and he mm-hmm. sort of ran. And then <clears throat> you know you watched the goal again, but Fraser slipped, and then he went through. And I thought. Because me and Fraser were going through a bit of, um, we had a bet who would be top goal scorer at the end of the season. Well, he was on 15 goals and I was on 14 at that time. And I <laughs> thought, well, when he went through, yeah, well, when he went through, I thought when the lad slipped, I think it was Carey who slipped. I thought um, Fraser was going to shoot with his left foot, but then obviously checked back and I'd seen Nicky Barmy go to the back stick and run into the box. And and what I got taught was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, was that if when the, when somebody goes to the bar line, naturally the defenders go towards their goal, and I always used to step out or you know yeah. stand stand still, and somebody pull the ball back and you tap it in. But Nicky had gone in, you know everybody else had gone in with Nicky and the goalkeeper, obviously. <clears throat> As he chipped it, I thought that there was uh, a Bristol City support uh, a player behind me, mm. and I was going to have a touch. I thought, well, you know, have I got time to have a touch and then hit it or whatever, but. I don't know. Listen, I don't know why it's it first time. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, we do have one question that that needs yeah. answering. It's you know we have the Dean Windass Hall of Fame on this podcast. Yeah. Is there a particular player that stands out for you who you'd like to induct into your Hall of Fame? Um, me, I get me idol, which I think everybody will tell you. And I, I, I don't know if somebody watched um, Vinnie Jones last night on the Pierce Morgan show, and, and he was sort of he's come from the same background as me as a building site, and then went on and. You know, next I could be a film star. You know, it's one of them, like you know. And, sure. uh, but <laughs> I wish <laughs> <laughs> I could be on Emmerdale or Coral. Probably that'll be about it. <laughs> I think. I think that the way, the, the way Vinny said was that when you when you when you're a young kid and you you're watching these lads on these lads who you you who you want to be or you want to play against, you know, match of the day things like that. Vinny Vinny Jones said he had the opportunity to do that, and he, he mentioned the, the the boy Mr. Gascoigne, and I think that I've I've. You know, I watched Gaza when I was a young, well, when he was at Newcastle, and I used to get his DVDs and watch things like that. And because he was a funny lad and he was a normal lad, and he used to go back to his roots and go for a beer on a Sunday with his lads who, you know, work for a living, and and so it never changed really. And I always said that I'd never ever change, you know, the success and, and financial things that you get in life. I would never change, and I'd be pretty upset if people said that I was a big time or whatever because. You know that's not in my makeup, so I think I would like Mr. Gascoigne to be on my Hall of Fame if that would be possible. Dean, that's more than possible. We thank you very much for that uh, recommendation. I played against him, and the first time I did play against him, when he, my wife used to say to me, Aberdeen Rangers, and he used to always come out last at Gaza and um, and then get a standing ovation from his from his uh, love supporters of the of Rangers, and I can remember I couldn't stop staring at him. You know when he first came out <laughs> when he was doing the warm up and. 
And then um, I can remember playing, and obviously, because people used to say I looked a bit like him and, you know, messed about like him. And I never modelled myself on that. That was just in my makeup as well, I think. But he nutmegged me the first time he went near me. He called it like. <laughs> and uh, I never lived, you know, right at the end of the game. And the one thing about the boy is that um, before the game, when we come out, I said, look. Joshua was two year old at the time. I says, "Could I have a photo after the game?" This is even before the game down the tunnel. Can I have a photo with with, with my lad and yourself? He says, "No, no problem." So what he'd done was because there was hatred between Rangers and Aberdeen. The bus used to right park right near where the door was, so their players could just jump straight on the on the bus. And Gaza went on the bus, and I was in the players' lounge, and I sort of went out to see if he'd gone. I thought, oh, he's gone. He's on the bus." And then about 15 minutes later, we come running back out and he'd come in the players' and he said, oh, sorry, I forgot that you wanted a photo. And that was the type of lad he was and we, we got the photo with Josh and himself. So. He came all the way back for you? He came back for me, yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. And I think that, you know, when you when you sort of model yourself on that, I know that, the, you know, guys, I, I, I was with him the other week playing in the game and, you know, he's going through bad times, but, you know, he's a, you know, he's a gentleman and he'll give anybody his money, you know, his last pound coin if you, if you were struggling and that sort of lad he is. Absolutely. Dean, thank you so much for talking to us. We'll be getting Gazza into the Dean Windass Hall of Fame at some point. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Windass. Thanks for talking to us, Dean, and good luck Cheers, with, boys, with the career. You. Thank you very much, Dean, the celebrity sanctioned Dean Windass Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Can't mm. argue with that. No, and um, we won't. <laughs> um, but it is profile time, of course, and I am... I was... You know, recently we had Remembrance Day and, you know... People were wearing the poppies in and around Britain and so on. And I was looking through the history books and seeing players who who were in the army as well. Mm. And uh, one just leapt out at me. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to the table Walter Tull. Now you might not have heard of this man, but he was the first black officer in the British Army, but the second black player ever to play in the top division of the uh, the football league. Brilliant. In this country. So quite a, a magnificent man already. Pioneer. He liked shooting. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. I'll see what you've done there, Pete. So here we go. Walter Tull, uh, born in Folkestone in Kent, uh, on the 28th of April, 1888. Uh, <sighs> 79 years before the Summer of Love. My giddy That would also make him the first um, black man to join the British Army. Playing the top division in uh, English football and win the sperm race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely unbelievable stuff. Well, he, he wasn't the first one to play in the top division of the football league. He was the second one. Well, he did bloody well, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll thank <laughs> you not to take <laughs> that away from him. <laughs> but, he, but he's a gold medalist in my eyes. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was born in uh, in, in Folkestone, as we say, and his um, his father was the son of a slave and, and had arrived arrived from Barbados in 1876. But he'd married uh, a girl from Kent. He had, a, he had a tough upbringing. His parents died when he was young, and he moved when uh, he was very young to Bethnal Green in East London, of course. Um, but after, after finishing school, he, he played a lot of football, and he had a trial at, at Clapton, who were an East London amateur club. And by the beginning of, of the 1908-1909 season, he was playing for their first team. And he was a, a talented inside forward. And Clapton uh, had a very successful season. They won the Amateur Cup, the London Senior Cup, the London County Amateur Cup. And uh, the, the local uh, the local paper, the Football Star, said uh, they praised Tull's clever footwork and described him as being the catch of the season. 
And because of this, Tottenham Hotspur came knocking and uh, he decided um, that he wanted to join them. So, so Tull was signed by Tottenham Hotspur. And as we said, he was the, only the second uh, black man to play professional football in Britain. The first was uh, Arthur Warden, of course. And I think Andrew Watson was the first ever uh, black man to play football, but he was not professional. He was semi-pro. In May uh, 1909, Walter Tull and Tottenham Hotspur went on a tour of South America. It's crazy to think that back then... Yeah, yeah. must have taken them ages to get there. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they did, and they, they played games in Argentina and Uruguay. So he was the first black player ever to play football in South America. Oh, that, that's mental. That's amazing. Yeah, as, as far back so as... So they didn't that. even have leagues? In 1909. Oh, well, no, no, but I th- I, Brazil didn't have a proper um, professional top division until, like, 1970, something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they, had, they had won two World Cups, Brazil, or three, I think, before they got a proper organised nationwide league. That's, that's a fact. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's quite, in, in a letter he wrote to, the, uh, to a friend of his when he was out there, he said that he was suffering from uh, sunstroke. <laughs> And he complained that none of the waiters spoke English. <laughs> so, without a, well, absolutely, without a, without a doubt, this man's British credentials uh, yeah, yeah. cannot be uh, yeah. questioned. Um, but he was he was given considerable play, uh, praise for his early performances. Uh, the, uh, playing for Tottenham, the Daily Chronicle said that Tull's display uh, against Manchester United must have astounded everyone who saw it. Uh, such perfect coolness and uh, such clinical waiting for a fraction of a second in order to get a pass in before the defender has worked to a false position and such accuracy in the strength of passing and during the first half Tull uh, I love how the, the, the journalist puts this he said during the first half Tull just compelled Curtis who was one of his teammates to play a good game for Curtis, who was the outside right, was plied with such a series of passes that it made it almost impossible for him to do anything other than well. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. So, I mean, getting is. these kind of write-ups back yeah, in the day, yeah, you know, yeah. he seemed to, he was much more ahead of his time, yeah. uh, Walter Tell. And, and against a, a game at Bradford City on, on October the 4th, 1909, I mean, 1909, yeah. you know, the Daily Chronicle uh, wrote that he was a class superior to that shown by uh, the rest of his colleagues. Unfortunately, against there was there was an infamous match that, that, that Tottenham had against Bristol City in October uh, 1909, and he was the target of, of racial abuse from the home supporters. Now, of course, back in those days, when I mean, mm. we're talking serious, mm. you know, that racism was was unfortunately. Mm. Uh, widespread, I suppose. Uh, yeah. A norm, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not even talking 50s here. We're talking no. 1909, yeah, for yeah. crying out loud. One uh, of the journalists from the, the Football Star wrote, quite angry, let me tell those Bristol hooligans that Tull is so clean in mind and method as to be a model for all white men who play football, the best forward on the field. Mm. However, this incident at Bristol embarrassed some of the Spurs officials. So what did they do? Well, in their impudent wisdom, mm. um, they dropped Walter Tull to the reserves. Oh. Huh? Um, off the problem at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we um, head into the grave. So they blame the hearse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made only uh, three more appearances for the first team, which was which was a crying shame. He scored ten goals in, in twenty-seven league games with the reserves. But he, of course, he got a bit fed up of his lack of first-team appearances. And in February nineteen eleven, he came to uh, the attention of Northampton Town Football Club when Northampton were beaten seven-one by Spurs in the reserve team fixture and Tull scored a hat-trick um, and he was later transferred uh, for quite which was described as a heavy transfer fee to Northampton Town in, in the Southern League and he was signed by 
Herbert Chapman. Oh, Ooh, he's in the Dean Windows Hall of Fame. There you are. You see, they all know each other. In yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, 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 like they, an old boys club. Well, exactly. <laughs> They're getting a bit too big for their boots, actually. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dean Windows is here to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, we know Chapman went on to manage Huddersfield and Arsenal, and so on and so forth. Tull scored four goals in one match once playing inside forward for, for Northampton Town and he played over a hundred games uh, for Northampton as a wing half I'm sure we can all relate to that position <laughs> yeah. other clubs wanted to sign Walter Tull in 1914 Glasgow Rangers started negotiations with Northampton Town however before he could play for them First World War was declared and Tull being the, the magnificent man he was immediately abandoned his career and offered his services to join the British Army now military rules had initially prevented black people joining white regiments um, but Tull um, like a lot of other professional football players he joined the football battalion yeah famous absolutely mm. the army soon recognised Tull's leadership qualities and he was quickly promoted to rank of sergeant mm. so not only has he s- smashed down the rules of no um, black men joining uh, white regiments they've, they've put him to sergeant yeah, as was yeah. his qualities you yeah. know. that wasn't allowed back then was it you weren't allowed to hold a, a certain station in the, in the British army if you were a black guy well that's right well, th- well he, he, he did so well in battle that uh, that senior officers recommend that he should be given further promotion. So um, he was had officer training. He became an officer in the army, which went completely in the face of the military regulations, which forbidden any person of, of, as it states here, any person of colour to become an officer. So he became the first black uh, combat officer in the British Army, which is absolutely incredible. And, and, and as Phil Vasili um, has pointed out, and he wrote the book Colouring Over the White Line, which is all about the history of um, black footballers in Britain, um, he said, according to the manual of, of military law, black soldiers of any rank were not desirable. During the First World War, military chiefs of staff, with government approval, argued that white soldiers would not accept orders by men of colour and on no account should black soldiers serve on the front line. Different Wal- Walter Tull, he just, boom, yeah. just smashed, he kicked the door down. Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, he was massively endorsed by all the other sergeants yeah. and, and, and all the other higher-ranking officers. They yeah. wanted him in because they recognised his, his quality. Unfortunately, on, on March the, the 25th, 1918, uh, Walter Tull was ordered to lead his men uh, on an attack on the German trenches, and he died um, at the age of just 29, which was, which was absolutely, uh, you know, a real big shame. And, and a lot of his men actually made valiant efforts under heavy fire from German machine guns to, to try and save him, you mm. know, because they loved him, mm. absolutely loved him. The man was, you know, held in such high esteem. And so, you know, at the age of 29, he, he died. In, but what an amazing story of, uh, you know, here was this orphaned um, black guy from, from East London who, who was a top amateur footballer, then a, a top professional footballer, and then a, a top officer in the army. I mean, an absolutely incredible story. And uh, the road which runs behind the North Stand at Sixfield Stadium, where Northampton Town play, is named Walter Tull Way. And in 2004, Tottenham Hotspur and Rangers contested the Walter Tull Memorial Cup. Mm, Brilliant. And uh, Rangers won uh, 2-0. Plans are underway to make a film about his life and two films have been made for Teachers TV, which is focusing on the teaching about Walter Tull, and that was launched in May 2008. And on Sunday, the 11th of July, 1999, Northampton Town unveiled a memorial to uh, Walter Tull in a, in a dedicated garden of remembrance at Sixfield Stadium. The epitaph uh, was written by Phil um, Vasili, who, as I said, was the author uh, of Colouring Over the White Line, History of Black Footballers in Britain, which is my book of the way. Yeah. <laughs> the inscription reads, uh, Through his actions, Tull ridiculed 
ridiculed the barriers of ignorance that tried to deny black people equality with their contemporaries. His life stands testament to a determination to confront those people and those obstacles that sought to diminish him and the world in which he lives. It reveals a man, though rendered breathless in his prime, whose strong heart still beats loudly today. Welcome. Welcome. What a worthy entrance. Absolutely. Excellent stuff. I'm Hit. sure Dean would agree. Yeah. <laughs> if and he hadn't gone off to go and do some overing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. I hope you've had a thrilling time. Uh, I certainly have. If you'd like to get in touch, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. Uh, of course, we've got the uh, Cult Zeroes banner on the website, so um, you can get your Dean Windass Hall of Fame T-shirts on there. Pete, you've got something to say? Yeah, I've got lots to say, but specifically about uh, <laughs> the Football Ramble... That- Betway.com forward slash the football ramble. It's uh, where you can put on your bets and that. It's, it's yeah. a good laugh. We've got a little competition going. Me, Luke, uh, as we may have mentioned in the, in the preceding weeks, me, Luke, uh, Jim, and uh, Marcus are, are trying to test our metal against each other and predict um, who's going to win at the weekend and that. So we, we still got our predictions up that we put on a couple of weeks ago because it was international week. We missed out a week. But yeah, they're up there. Have a crack at us if you like. I'm doing shit so far, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. Language, <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> His name's Luke. Uh, yeah. Say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Say goodbye, James or Jim. Bye. Say goodbye, Lukey. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all for a ramble roll. <laughs> You're on a ramble roll. <laughs> <laughs>